Hello and welcome to the Blessed Life podcast where we explore together how to walk in the blessings of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening today. I am Eric Anderson, Discipleship Pastor at New Life Lutheran Church. Thank you for joining us today. A couple of housekeeping items before we jump into our topic today. I'm very, very excited that we have a new staff member here in our ministry staff, Patrick Hinton. He is our Media Arts Director. And so we are in the process now, the last few weeks, of moving all the media arts responsibilities over to him and giving those, all that kind of creative work to him. So because of that, we are recording in a different room than we normally do, also with a different setup and uh, a couple other changes here. So if any, uh, there's any audio differences, please just bear with us while we are figuring this out together. He is very skilled, and I trust his work, so we're, it may take us a few weeks to really get nailed down on how we're going to record this and uh, and this new system that we have set up. So it may sound a little bit different. If it does, uh, it's on purpose because we are figuring out a new system to make sure that the quality of these podcasts are excellent and that we are glorifying God and doing this work to the praise of his glory. Well, today on the podcast, we are continuing our conversation on discipleship, and specifically how we approach discipleship from a gospel perspective. So in the Lutheran understanding of Scripture, and I think that Scripture bears us out itself, God speaks to us in two distinct ways. He speaks to us through law, and he speaks to us through gospel. Now, the law are these commands that God gives, and the law has all sorts of functions. It does different things to us. It shows us how we ought to live, it convicts us of our sin and shows us that we need Christ. And also it serves as a guide for us to live the Christian life. The gospel, that other way that God speaks to us, are the promises of God. These are unearned things that God gives to us. The chief of these gifts is the work of Jesus Christ himself. So our salvation is completely unearned. We have done nothing to earn our salvation. It is all a gift from God to us. But there are also lots of other gifts and blessings that God gives us, and that's what we're focusing on, is how we grow in Christ and how we are discipled in these gifts, in this gospel. Today, what I want to focus on is we're going to stay in Colossians, and I want to circle back to something that we talked about a few weeks ago, which is this first chapter of Colossians, and we're going to look at Paul's main point of writing this book, what he wants the Colossian readers to do and be because of his letter and because of the work of Christ, this is the prayer that he has for the Colossians. And this is what it says, beginning in chapter 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work, and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. So this is Paul's prayer for the Colossians. This is the reason that he is writing this letter. And today our focus is on health, that we are given health by God through Jesus Christ. And we're going to focus on three main areas of health, mental health, physical health, and spiritual health. Now, when we enter into this conversation about mental health, which will be this first thing that we talk about, uh, what I'm not talking about is clinical mental health. 
So we're not dealing necessarily with this world of uh, the dysfunctional brain that is not actually operating the way that it's supposed to, that it's producing the wrong kinds of chemicals that causes these mental health issues. We're not dealing with clinical mental health. That is the realm of uh, therapists and psychologists and uh, to care for and to give people kind of invasive treatments into their mental health. So some mental health issues simply require invasive treatment like medicine or other kinds of these invasive treatments. So we're not dealing with clinical mental health. We're not dealing with clinical anxiety disorders. We're not dealing with clinical personality disorders. What we're dealing with is a more general mental health that we all have, that we are all kind of working through and exploring and figuring out how we think about the world and how we ultimately respond to the world. So this prayer that Paul gives starts off with, may you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In Romans, Paul says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That the main way that God begins to upend our lives and fill us with Christ is by changing the way that we think. Paul prays that God would upend the way that we think and that he would fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we may have a new way of thinking. And this is the new way of thinking, that we would know God's will. I suspect that most of the issues that we struggle with when it comes to mental health have ultimately to do with control how we think about the world, and how we try to control our own little piece of the world. If we think about things like anxiety, these types of mental health issues, much of it comes back to how we control our world, how we control what goes on around us. There are lots of other unhealthy ways that we respond to the world. We may seek escape in alcohol or drugs or, or food or other ways to avoid our own emotions and to avoid these own our own unhealthy ways of thinking about the world. But here's the reality. Every single one of us is in a struggle. Every single one of us is in a battle for our mind. The enemy gives us lies. And this goes back to the very beginning of the biblical story. In Genesis chapter 3, when the enemy comes to Adam and Eve and he begins to question Eve, this is what he says. He says, did God really say you can't eat of any fruit of the garden? And Eve, of course, she knew that God said you can have any fruit you want, except the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the enemy uses lies. In fact, he is the prince of lies, as scripture tells us. He uses lies to trick us and to make us question God and question our faith in God. So we have these thoughts that come to us, and this is the enemy giving us all these thoughts. It's also our own broken bodies, and our bodies are broken because of sin, and it's our bodies actually giving us some of these false ideas that we have to battle and struggle against. So much of mental health is this, entering into this struggle of these lies that we are hearing, letting these thoughts come and letting the thoughts go, and choosing to trust in Jesus instead. Again, we're not dealing with clinical mental health. We're dealing with more general mental health. And so the key here is that we are filled with the knowledge of God's will, of God's will for us and God's will for the world, which is to be reconciled, as we hear in the, at the end of Colossians 1, to be reconciled with him through Christ. So most of us, we live, we live our lives with this concern, 
that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, we're not attractive enough, uh, or we're not able enough to do or to be accepted. We're not able enough to be accepted. That we're not good enough to uh, warrant some of the good things that we experience. And God's response to this lie is a resounding, you are enough. And we are enough because Christ is enough. That in Christ, God has reconciled us back to him. And we are valuable and we are accepted because of Jesus. Because of what he has done. So we are filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He changes the way that we think about the world. The world is no longer this scary place that we have to try to fit in or we have to try to earn some spot. We have to try to earn success. It's a gift. Everything is a gift from God that he has given to us. This is how we transform our mind is to begin seeing everything as a gift. Everything as this work of God reconciling all things back to himself in Christ Jesus. Paul continues and he says this in verse 10. So that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. So the expectation is as we grow in the knowledge of God, as we are filled with the knowledge of God's will, as we, as we are filled with spiritual wisdom, that we are going to lead lives that are worthy of the Lord, and we are going to bear good fruits. And this happens in our bodies. This happens in our physical health. Now, of course, there are going to be situations where our physical health is out of our control. There are going to be situations where cancer enters in, uh, maybe these other kinds of diseases enter in that we are not in control of, but ultimately what this has to do is not so much that our bodies have to be in tip-top physical shape to honor God, but that we are constantly using our bodies for his glory. So yes, this means that we care for our bodies by putting good things into our bodies. It means we care for our bodies by correcting the way that we think about food, by correcting eating disorders that we might have, by doing this work of eating well, of exercising as we can in order that we can glorify God in our bodies. Because guess what? When you bear good fruits, those fruits are bared in your body. Our ministry is done in our body. We are embodied beings, just like Jesus Christ was embodied. He was a human person, a physical body doing the work of God. So we also are called to do that. It is our physical tongues that shape words in order to speak the word of God to each other. It is our ears that listen to the pain of others and bear those burdens with them. It is with our hands and with our feet, with our tongues, with our ears, with our eyes that we serve other people. And so our physical bodies ought to be used. One way that I like to, uh, to think about this is the author Dallas Willard. He says that our bodies are like the power pack of our soul. As we use our bodies, our soul is formed and we can use our bodies to form our souls to be more like Christ. By treating our bodies well, by treating our bodies with health and by serving others, we are actually shaping our soul, shaping our mind to be more 
like Christ. So when we bear fruit, we bear it in our bodies and with our bodies. We serve others with our bodies. So this mental health, this knowing God's will, leads us into using our bodies for his good work. Using our bodies to accomplish his will in our lives. Paul continues on. He says, May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. So as we go about our work, as we go about uh, growing in the knowledge of God, it actually changes how we feel and how we react to our world. This is the third part of health that we're going to talk about is emotional health. Oftentimes our emotional health has to do with the ways that we respond to situations in our lives. If we respond with anger and bitterness, that says something about our emotional health. Our emotional health maybe isn't where it should be. If we respond with peace and grace in situations, then we know that our emotional health is growing in grace and is growing to be more and more like Christ. And so here, Paul says that that the strength that we get from the Holy Spirit actually helps us be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. If we have the right mindset that everything is a gift for us, if we have the right mindset that the world that we see is a gift from God for us, if we are letting the knowledge of God influence how we use our body and we take care of our body, we're going to be better equipped to respond to situations, whether good or bad. We're going to be better equipped to respond in bad situations with the kind of peace and patience and long-suffering that Jesus himself had. We're going to be able to receive some of the negative things that happened to us, and we're going to be like Jesus on the cross when he prays for forgiveness for his persecutors. And so what we see over time as we are led by the Spirit, as our minds are transformed and our bodies are used, is that we love more, we are more patient, and we have more peace. And this goes back to Galatians chapter 5, when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of these things are emotional kinds of responses to the world around us. And these are the fruit of the Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, we have access to these things. If we have the Holy Spirit, we have access to the strength that Jesus himself lived with. As Paul says here, that we may be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. Now we know that the power that is within us is greater than anything that we can face. My wife and I, as we have uh, grown as parents, and as we have talked about how we want to parent our children, there is this one author that we've been reading, and they use the phrase unruffled. Be an unruffled parent. Don't let the things that your kids do get you uh, up in a flap. Don't let the things your kids do cause you emotional distress. Because it's really important as a parent that your kids know that you can handle their emotions. And that requires us to be able to handle our own emotions as well. And so I think that as Christians, we ought to be unruffled. That the Holy Spirit actually empowers us to be 
unruffled. That as we go about our lives, we are able to take in some of these bad things that happen to us and the good things that happen to us, then we are able to respond with grace. Instead of having tension in our hearts and in our lives, we can be people who are filled with peace. Go back and read Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. It's a great prayer that Paul prays for the Colossian church. And know that God has that for you as well. That this prayer isn't just for the Colossian readers, but it's actually also for you and for me. And that God answers prayer. That God wants to give us mental health and physical health and emotional health. He wants to change the way we see the world, which changes the way that we behave and act and lead our lives and use our bodies, which also changes the way that we respond to situations. God transforms our mental health, our physical health, and our emotional health. And it's a promise, not a demand. There is no or else in this passage. There is no call to obedience. It is simply grace lavished upon us as God's children. God bless you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.